Hey there, welcome back. Ah, thanks for 173k. They got Adam grown and tried to mate him with these clones. That didn't work either. So then they said, okay, we got to make another one. So they made another one called it Eve. And they made it Adam and Eve together and boom, had a baby. So then they made more Adams and more Eves through genetic tinkering and, and, and uh, in vitro fertilization. Not through having Adam and Eve create 8 billion people. Adam and Eve did not have to create the whole planet with the people. There were already millions of people here, or hundreds of thousands at least, when Adam and Eve arrived. And Adam and Eve uh, were just one of many that were then born in that particular way by taking a zygote and then using in vitro fertilization uh, and then Whoa. having them mate with each other at different specific times inside of the Garden of Eden, E-D-I-N in the ancient text. It was a mating ground, a mating laboratory. And it would have people hey, mating at specific times hey, so they could continue hey, to make babies. Hey. And it was uh, uh, a wealth of genes in that pool. In other words, it wasn't two people carrying the baby. They got Adam grown and tried to mate him with these songs. That didn't work either. So then they said, okay, we got to make another one. So they made another one called Eve. And they made it Adam and Eve together. And boom, had a baby. So then they made more Adams and more Eve. Through genetic tinkering and, and, and uh, in vitro fertilization. Oh, shit. Trista, what did you do that for? Fucking bitch. They got Adam grown and tried to mate him with these clones. That didn't work either. So then they said, okay, we got to make another one. So they made another one called Eve. And they made it Adam and Eve together and boom, had a baby. So then they made more Adams and more Eves through genetic tinkering and, and, and uh, in vitro fertilization. Not through having Adam and Eve create 8 billion people. Adam and Eve did not have to create the whole planet worth of people. There were already millions of people here, or hundreds of thousands at least, when Adam and Eve arrived. And Adam and Eve uh, were just one of many that were then born in that particular way by taking a zygote and then using in vitro fertilization uh, and then having them mate with each other at different specific times inside of the Garden of Eden, E-D-I-N in the ancient text. It was a mating ground, a mating laboratory. And it would have people mating at specific times so they can continue to make babies. And it was a... Uh, uh, a wealth of genes in that pool. In other words, it wasn't two people creating a baby. They got Adam grown and tried to make him with these clones. That didn't work either. So that's Anunnaki. They got Adam grown and tried to make him with these clones. That didn't work either. So then they said, okay, we got to make another one. So they made another one called Eve. And they made it Adam and Eve together and boom, had a baby. So then they made more Adams and more Eves through genetic where the other species of human homo sapiens, erectus, neanderthal, etc., a result of failed experimentation when the Anunnaki were modifying humans. Not necessarily failed experimentations, however, we do know that the existing hominid that was here, there were a couple here, uh, one being obviously Neanderthal, and the other one being another type of a hominid, which is probably more closely related to us. What was a failed experiment was when they took the first hominids, and they tried to clone them. They didn't try to mate them. They didn't want to set up a mating thing and have mating going on and having babies being born and all that. They started first by cloning them. They call it fashioning the people from the people. So they would take people and they would take some essence. When they say taking essence, they're talking about genetic material, and then they would clone them. The problem with the clones were 
the clones couldn't reproduce. So they got tired of doing the cloning too. And so let these people start mating. They realized they couldn't mate. They could have, but there was no babies coming. They were, they were bad. So the other species of human homo sapiens, Erectus, Neanderthal, etc., a result of failed experimentation when the Anunnaki were modifying humans. Not necessarily failed experimentations. However, we do know that the existing hominid that was here, there were a couple here, uh, one being obviously Neanderthal and the other one being another type of a hominid, which is probably more closely related to us. What was a failed experiment was when they took the first hominids and they tried to clone them. They didn't try to mate them. They didn't want to set up a mating thing and have mating going on and having babies being born and all that. They started first by cloning them. They call it fashioning the people from the people. So they would take people and they would take some essence. When they say taking essence, they're talking about genetic material. And then they would clone them. The problem with the clones were the clones couldn't reproduce. So they got tired of doing the cloning too. And so let these people start mating. They realized they couldn't mate. They could have, but there was no babies coming. They were, they were barren. Or the other species of human homo sapiens, Erectus, Neanderthal, etc., a result of failed experimentations when the Anunnaki were modifying humans. Not necessarily failed experimentations, however, we do know that the existing hominid that was here, there were a couple here, uh, one being obviously Neanderthal and the other one being another type of a hominid, which is probably more closely related to us. What was a failed experiment was when they took the first hominids and they tried to clone them. They didn't try to mate them. They didn't want to set up a mating thing and have mating going on and having babies being born and all that. They started first by cloning them. They call it fashioning the people from the people. So they would take people and they would take some essence. When they say taking essence, they're talking about genetic material. And then they would clone them. The problem with the clones were the clones couldn't reproduce. So they got tired of doing the cloning too. And so let these people start mating. They realized they couldn't mate. They could have, but there was no babies coming. They were, they were barren. The other species of human homo sapiens, Erectus, Neanderthal, etc., a result of failed experimentations when the Anunnaki were modifying humans. Not necessarily failed experimentations, however, we do know that the existing hominid that was here, there were a couple here, uh, one being obviously Neanderthal and the other one being another type of a hominid, which is probably more closely related to us. What was a failed experiment was when they took the first hominids and they tried to clone them. They didn't try to mate them. They didn't want to set up a mating thing and have mating going on and having babies being born and all that. They started first by cloning them. They call it fashioning the people from the people. So they would take people and they would take some essence. When they say taking essence, they're talking about genetic material. And then they would clone them. The problem with the clones were the clones couldn't reproduce. So they got tired of doing the cloning too. And so let these people start mating. They realized they couldn't mate. They could have, but right. there was no babies Sorry. coming. They were, Just they were bare. Okay. Akhenaten and Unaki. That's a great question. You see, when you look into a lot of these ancient Egyptian texts, you discover a lot of stuff about these people. Especially when you look in there and you look into the ancient texts, you begin to realize that they, that after the Great Flood, kingship was handed down from the Sumerian Kings List, which is located in the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford, England. I've been there in person and taken a picture of it myself. I, I was supposed but to But after the Great Flood, there. they decided to hand kingship down to a liaison between them and the general population of humans. They were called pharaohs, a.k.a. kings. 
and to keep the bloodline established and to have that communication with the person that they felt that they could trust, trust that Pharaoh would have to be half human, half Anunnaki, or what they call in Greek, demigods. And so they would mate with a human woman or impregnate her through in vitro fertilization so that she would have their seed. And that person would be Akhenaten Anunnaki. Now that's a great question. You see, when you look into a lot of these ancient Egyptian texts, you discover a lot of stuff about these people, especially when you look in there and you look into the ancient text. You begin to realize that they, that after the Great Flood, kingship was handed down from the Sumerian Kings List, which is located in the Osmolian Museum in Oxford, England. I've been there in person, taking a picture of it myself. But after the Great Flood, they decided to hand kingship oh, yeah. down to a liaison between them and the general population of humans. They were called pharaohs, aka kings. And to keep the bloodline established and to have that communication with the person that they felt that they could trust, trust that pharaoh would have to be half human, half Anunnaki, or what they call in Greek, demigods. And so they would mate with a human woman or impregnate her through in vitro fertilization so that she would have their seed, and that person would be Akhenaten Anunnaki. Now that's a great question. You see? I want to get a, uh, Akhenaten Anunnaki. Now that's a great question. You see, when you look into Got a picture. what Akhenaten was doing. He had to answer to Aten, a.k.a. Amun-Ra. That was who he answered to. And Amun-Ra told him to start going around and defacing all the other gods all throughout Egypt and throughout the land. And he sent his team, his military, to go out and start chipping away at every single face that existed. And the, and, and the uh, Egyptians started panicking. They said, this guy's erasing all of our history. So they ousted him. And that's how come he ended up getting kicked out of Egypt. And then they killed his son, King Tut, right, pretty quickly after but what's interesting is, which is exactly what Akhenaten was doing, he had to answer to Aten, a.k.a. Amun-Ra. That was who he answered to, and Amun-Ra told him to start going around and defacing all the other guards all throughout Egypt and throughout the land, and he sent his team, his military, to go out and start chipping away at every single face that existed. And the, and the, and the uh, Egyptians started panicking. They said, this guy's erasing all of our history. So they ousted him. And that's how come he ended up getting kicked out of Egypt. And then they killed his son, King Tut, right, pretty quickly after. But what's interesting is, which is exactly what Akhenaten was doing, he had to answer to Aten, a.k.a. Amun-Ra. That was who he answered to. And Amun-Ra told him to start going around and defacing all the other guards all throughout Egypt and throughout the land. And he sent his team, his military, to go out and start chipping away at every single face that existed. And the, and the, and the uh, Egyptians started panicking. They said, this guy's erasing all of our history. So they ousted him. And that's how come he ended up getting kicked out of Egypt. And then they killed his son, King Tut. All right, pretty quickly after. Oh, yeah, but what's right. interesting is, which is exactly what Akhenaten was doing, he had to answer to Aten, a.k.a. Amun-Ra. 
That was who he answered to. And Amurah told him to start going around and defacing all the of the gods all throughout Egypt and throughout the land. And he sent his team, his military, to go out and start chipping away at every single face that existed. And the, and the, and the uh, Egyptians started panicking. They said, this guy's erasing all of our history. So they ousted him. <laughs> they traveled a vast distance of space. I believe they may have developed uh, or, uh, or found a way to develop warp fields where you can warp space in front of the ship and expand it from the back, allowing the ship to move forward at a very rapid pace without violating Einstein's theory of relativity. We know that warp fields do something very different. They actually, it's like the, the ship is sitting on a tablecloth and you're pulling a tablecloth. The ship actually never is being moved. It's a tablecloth that's moving, or in this case, case it's space that's moving. And by that method, you can cover vast distances of space without having time dilation. Pretty interesting stuff. They travel the vast distances of space. I believe they may have developed uh, or, or, or found a way to develop warp fields, where you can warp space in front of the ship and expand it from the back, allowing the ship to move forward at a very rapid pace without violating Einstein's theory of relativity. We know that warp fields do something very different. They actually, it's like the, the ship is sitting on a tablecloth and you're pulling the tablecloth. The ship actually never is being moved. This is tablecloth that's moving, or in this case, case, it's space that's moving. And by that method, you can cover vast distances of space without having time dilation. Pretty interesting stuff. So they travel the vast distances of space. Threatened to burn a Bible. <laughs> That's a funny concept. Which my business idea? Wow, cool. Damn dash. Madame Presidente. Presidente. <laughs> um, I just received a message. I mean, in the biblical text. In the Sumerian tablets, in the Torah, you see these UFOs that land and take off. They all have thunderous noises. The wind is blowing. Sand is being kicked up. The elephants are roaring and running away. The animals are running away. We look into the uh, Indian text where we discover Vamanas. Yeah. And we discover that these Vamanas well, were these flying machines that they had. They were almost, they called them, the, 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 the people on the ground called them flying cities. That's how big some of these things were. When you look at the manuals that were actually left behind and the instructions on how they flew and worked and even flight plans that are sitting inside of actual museums. This should be on mainstream news right now. <laughs> not with the junk that, you know, whatever they're talking about, you know, all this other crazy stuff. This should be on the news. <laughs> all right. 
And so these machines, these Vermonters, they actually use something called a ferrofluid vortex engine. In the biblical text, in the Sumerian tablets, in the Torah, you see these UFOs that land and take off. They all have thunderous noises. The wind is blowing. Sand is being kicked up. The elephants are roaring and running away. The animals are running away. You look into the uh, Indian text where we discover Vamanas. And we discover that these Vamanas were these flying machines that they had. They were almost, they called them, in the, the, the people on the ground called them flying cities. That's how big some of these things were. When you look at the manuals that were actually left behind and the instructions on how they flew and worked and even flight plans that are sitting inside of actual museums. This should be on mainstream news right now. Not with the junk that, that you know, whatever they're talking about, you hear all this other crazy stuff. This should be on the news. Right? And so these machines, these Bamanas, they actually use something called a ferrofluid vortex engine. In the biblical text, in the Sumerian tablets, in the Torah, you see these UFOs that land and take off. They all have thunderous noises. The wind is blowing. Sand is being kicked up. The elephants are roaring and running away. The animals are running away. You look into the uh, Indian text where we discover Vamanas. And we discover that these Vamanas were these flying machines that they had. They were almost, they called them, in the, the, the people on the ground called them flying cities. That's how big some of these things were. When you look at the manuals that were actually left behind and the instructions on how they flew and worked and even flight plans that are sitting inside of actual museums. This should be on mainstream news right now, not with the junk that, they're, you know, whatever they're talking Uh, most of the Republicans are kind of, oh, shit. Music promotion. No. Uh, Nancy Pelosi blew it. She swore in the Republicans. But just days before. No. Not with the junk that they're, you know, whatever they're talking about, you say all this other crazy stuff. This should be on the news. Right? Yeah. And so these machines, these Vamanas, they actually use something called a ferrofluid vortex engine. And you hear a black person asking questions about were these people black or were they black pharaohs or whatever, don't chastise them. Don't get angry at them. Don't write, you know, we're all the same race. Yeah, we know that we're all the same race. I mean, that's common sense. But what we're trying to say is we're trying to get down to understand, like, who we are, where do we come from, what, what are we connected to? Because if you look at the most chastised and most abandoned and most abused people on the planet Earth, unfortunately, right now, it's black people for thousands of years it's been this way. People are just trying to reconnect to find is there any semblance of anything in ancient history that had any honor and dignity? Or have we always been beat down and downtrodden our entire our entire existence? That's an important question to ask, don't you think? Just for the psych but just for the psyche, just so people can understand like, man, are we always in this situation like this? Are we always been the worst people on the planet? 
in terms of the way we've been treated, or was there a golden era where we had, you know, we had a, a time that we um, we had good things? Here, a black person asking questions about, and please, guys, don't fight over the race stuff. It, it doesn't make any sense. If, if a black person wants to know about ancient history to find out if people are black in ancient history, let them find out. Like, just don't put, don't don't do it to us. Just relax, okay? I don't like it when people start to, you know, you shouldn't be asking about race. No, we should be because we need to know. You got to remember that black people's entire ancient past has been robbed and stolen away. We don't know anything about ourselves. We're one of the very few races of people on this planet that are completely lost. You got to realize that we don't know. We don't know who we are. We don't know anything. I have some interesting ideas to propose to you. Maybe. Be a wonderful uh, These have been translated since the 1800s. So Cambridge and the British Museum have translations. These beings were so much more advanced than we are now. Why would they have emotions like jealousy and anger and all these primal yeah, sort of emotions? I mean, the, these yes. sort of things with, with our species are like the worst thing. Right. They're the reason we go to war and kill yeah. each other and people starve. Yeah, and that's a great question. So when you read the beginning of how they started out, it appears that there was a galactic war millions of years ago in the Pleiadian star system. Planets were being destroyed. They had weapons called the Brahmanda weapon, which would destroy any man on three worlds. They had these tablets of destiny, which whoever had control can destroy people's planets and moons. Debris. Imagine in this solar system, debris going everywhere and hitting planets, destroying civilizations. We would flee if we could. People started fleeing these star systems around the Pleiades millions of years ago, creating breakaway civilizations in other parts of the galaxy, different different sector altogether. The Anunnaki people, these Atlantean people, they went and started off in another place. They had risen to a high level there. They had... Uh, these beings were so much oh, more shit. advanced than we are now. Why would they have emotions oh like God. jealousy and Most anger and all these primal... Time. You know, sort of emotions. I mean, the, these yes. sort of things with, with our species are like the worst thing. Right. They're the reason we go to war and kill yeah. each other and people starve. Yeah, and that's a great question. So when you read the beginning of how they started out, it appears that there was a galactic war millions of years ago in the Pleiadian star system. You look at Christopher Columbus uh, in his actual captain's log. He documents, now think about this. You're talking about the 1400s. Right? There's, no, there's no light pollution. Something comes up out of the ocean, a bright light, a gigantic bright light comes up out of the ocean and goes up into space. It's documented in his, in, in his, um, you know, in his captain's log. Mm. You only write... Taking a picture, Columbus. Now, things in a captain's log that are important. <laughs> right, right. And that's in there. So, something came, yes, that's an anomaly. What is coming up with, there's no light bulbs back then. So, what is it that came out of the ocean by the ship that can light up the sky. Yeah. Look at Christopher Columbus. Uh, according to the Book of Enoch, which is one of the apocryphal books left out of the Bible, but he's important because he's mentioned in the Bible, these beings came from heaven to earth, 
And then they even named, they have names. They taught them how, taught human beings how to, technology, how to make weapons, how to, how to even uh, create, make beer and all this other crazy stuff. Mm. Uh, and then they took Enoch on a trip to the Earth's atmosphere and beyond. And he saw the Earth and the shape of the planet as a sphere and how and he saw that he was living on a giant ball and then brought him back. The only Bible that has the Book of Enoch in it is the Ethiopian Bible. It's the only Bible in the world that actually incorporated the Book of Enoch into the canonized text. The rest of the Bibles uh, omitted the Book of Enoch. According to the Book of Enoch, which is one of the apocryphal books left out of the Bible, but he's important because he's mentioned in the Bible, these beings came from heaven to earth, and then they even named, they have names. They taught them, how, taught human beings how to, technology, how to make weapons. How to how to even uh, create make beer and all this other crazy stuff, uh, and then they took Enoch on a trip to the Earth's atmosphere and beyond, and he saw the Earth and the shape of the planet as a sphere, and how he saw that he was living on a giant ball, and then brought him back. The only Bible that has the Book of Enoch in it is the Ethiopian Bible. It's the only Bible in the world that actually incorporated the Book of Enoch into the canonized text. The rest of the Bibles uh, omitted the Book of Enoch. They didn't. According they to the, book, the, the Anunnaki, oh, mention of extraterrestrial means life. those who came from heaven to earth, and these Anunnaki okay. are beings that came from outside of Earth to Earth, from many different places potentially. Uh, just like if you were to travel to Mars, right, and you met a Martian, they say, "Where are you from?" You say, "I'm an Earthling." You wouldn't say, "I'm from Tampa," right? Right. right. So it's the same thing. It's a generalized mm -hmm. term. And so, but these Anunnaki, these are the original Atlantean people. They created an Atlantean civilization. How do I know this? The tablets, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. Because he left behind these tablets that he authored himself. He didn't have a scribe write them back in the day. It was typical. If you were considered a god, you would have a scribe write your work. He wrote them himself. He talks about the Great Flood. He talks about civilization declining and having to be brought back to a high level. He talks about having technology in the Emerald Tablets. He has a ship that doesn't sail in the ocean. It flies into the sky until the earth disappears, until he gets to a, the place appointed, and then it descends from the sky back down to the land. This is 36,000-year-old text. And what's interesting about this text, the Anunnaki, well, the term itself means those who came from heaven to earth. And these Anunnaki okay. are beings that came from outside of earth to earth, from many different places, potentially. Uh, just like if you were to travel to Mars, right, and you met a Martian, they say, where are you from? You say, I'm an earthling. You wouldn't say I'm from Tampa. Right, right, right. So it's the same thing. In general, I came across information about the Anunnaki. In the, in, in the Egyptian culture, they call them the Naturu. And they said they came to Earth and turned mud into a kingdom. They all show up around the same time in every culture. It seems to be now around 450,000 years ago they arrived. And about 200,000 years ago, according to the text, not me, they started genetically tinkering with human beings, saying they were adding their essence to them to get us to do the labor for them. So around 200,000 years ago, they started tinkering with us. And there's a famous cylinder scroll and with some text at the British Museum with Isis, the goddess Isis, who was one of the original Sumerian pantheon, not Egyptian, Sumerian. And she's holding up a baby and she says, the first Adamu, which means first man, my hands have created it. And she claims to have taken in the text, taken this baby to term for 10 months in her own womb to create the more modern version of Homo sapiens sapiens. Came across information about the Anunnaki. In the, in, in the Egyptian culture, they call them the Naturu. And they said they came to Earth and turned mud into a kingdom. 
They all show up around the same time in every culture. It seems to be now around 450,000 years ago they arrived, and about 200,000 years ago, according to the text, not me, they started genetically tinkering with human beings, saying they were adding their essence to them to get us to do the labor for them. So around 200,000 years ago, they started tinkering with us, and there's a famous cylinder scroll and with some text at the British Museum with Isis, the goddess Isis, who was one of the original Sumerian pantheon, not Egyptian, Sumerian, and she's holding up a baby, and she says, the first Adamu, which means first man, my hands have created it. And she claims to have taken in the text, taken this baby to term for 10 months in her own womb to create the more modern version of Homo sapiens sapiens. Came across information about... And what the Atlantean? That's T-H-O-T-H. So, so some people say Toth or Thoth. Uh, in Sumerian, he's known as Nicozita. In the Mexico or the Mesoamerican area, like uh, you know Teotihuacan and Chichen Itza, he's known as Kukulkan, <clears throat> Lord Pakal, Paracocha. Um, he's the Flying Serpent. You know all these different names. Just like in Greece, Greece he's known as Hermes. Mm. In Rome, he's known as Mercury. Uh, Odin. If you go to the Library of Congress, there's two gigantic doors, and they have both the Atlantean on one side and Odin on the other. They know who this guy is. 54,000 uh, B.C. is when he was ruling over the land of Cam. They were talking about 56,000 years ago. Yeah. In, in his text, in his tablets, he says he went to the land of Cam to re-kickstart civilization after the flood. Means it was already at a high level before the flood, or wherever disaster happened, the temple was coming up out of the mud, and he went and rebuilt. And he said, I built the Great Pyramid, patterned after Earth's force. What, the Atlantean? T-H-O-T-H. So, so, some people say Toth or Thoth. Uh, in Sumerian, he's known as Nicozita. In the Mexico or the Mesoamerican area, like uh, you know Teotihuacan and Chichen Itza, he's known as Kukulkan, <clears throat> Lord Pakal, Paracocha. Um, he's the Flying Serpent. You know all these different names. Just like in Greek, Greece, he's known as Hermes. In mm. Rome, he's known as Mercury. Uh, Odin. If you go to the Library of Congress, there's two gigantic doors, and they have both the Atlantean on one side and Odin on the other. They know who this guy is. 54,000 uh, B.C. is when he was ruling over the land of Cam. They were talking about 56,000 years ago. Yeah. And in his text, in his tablets, he says he went to the land of Cam to re-kickstart civilization after the flood. Means it was already at a high level before the flood, but wherever disaster happened, the temple was coming up out of the mud, and he went and rebuilt. And he said, I built the Great Pyramid, patterned after Earth's force. What, the Atlantean? The wars of these gods can be found in the book of Deuteronomy. The wars of the gods, these are the Atlantean wars that everybody's trying to figure out what happened. It's in the book of Deuteronomy in the Bible. So all the wars are right there. They don't read it, especially in Bible study. But the reason why is because you have God, which is actually gods, plural, going to war against other gods in other towns and cities and other regions of the planet and sending human beings to these places to go to battle and sending angels with them with battle gear on to fight and kill. And the words are, go there, get in, women, children, kill the animals if need be. And if you see any women that you like, you these are the exact words used. I want you to get a Bible and look it up. This was these internal battles going on from, from one region of the world to another region of the world, stealing and fighting over humans and resources. These people have become so evil fighting against each other and utilizing human beings as chattel. These aren't the wars of these gods can be found in the book of Deuteronomy. 
the wars of the gods, these are the Atlantean wars that everybody's trying to figure out what happened. It's in the book of Deuteronomy in the Bible. So all the wars are right there. They don't read it, especially in Bible study. But the reason why is because you have God, which is actually God's plural, going to war against other gods in other towns and cities and other regions of the planet and sending human beings to these places to go to battle and sending angels with them with battle gear on to fight and kill. And the words are, go there, get in, women, children, kill the animals if need be, and if you see any women that you like, you these are the exact words used. I want you to get a Bible and look it up. This was these, but the big problem with this information is that it's detrimental to the system and the status quo. It literally would break down religious systems overnight. You're talking about a multi-trillion dollar system. But that will go away because people realize the information that they have been brought up learning is actually severely inaccurate. The information is based on plagiarized tablets. And the real stories are in the tablets. The full, unedited, undoctored human, well, I'm going to change these words around here and there, you know. That's not done in the tablets. The tablets is what it says. When you come to the Bible, all of a sudden you get to a lot of texts like Jesus saying, honor your slave masters, you would honor me. Do you think that this guy would really say something like that if he's all this light and he's a light being and he's all about love and, and, and you know, salvation? And he's telling you now, no, you better obey that slave master. Come on. That's not, that's somebody. You know, let me write this in there because it's going to benefit us when we write this in. We could tell the slaves, hey, you see what Jesus said? You better, you better listen to Jesus. So this is a lot of twisting and turning. The Bible is a remix, is what it really is. The big problem with this information is that it's detrimental to the system and the status quo. It literally would break down religious systems overnight. You're talking about a multi-trillion dollar system. But that will go away because people realize the information that they have been brought up learning is actually severely inaccurate. The information is based on plagiarized tablets. And the real stories are in the tablets. The full, unedited, undoctored human, when I'm going to change these words around here and there, you know, that's not done in the tablets. The tablets is what it says. When you come to the Bible, all of a sudden you get to a lot of texts like Jesus saying, honor your slave masters, you would honor me. Do you think that this guy would really say something like that if he's all this light and he's a light being and he's all about love and, and, and you know, salvation? And he's telling you now, no, you better obey that slave master. Come on, that's not, that's somebody, you know, let me write this in there because it's going to benefit us when you write this in. We could tell the slaves, hey, you see what Jesus said? You better, you better listen to Jesus. So this is a lot of twisting and turning. The Bible is a remix, is what it really is. The big problem with this information is that it's detrimental to the system and the status quo. It literally, a lot of the stuff in Egypt in the dynastic era was already there when the dynastic, when the dynastic era started. So a lot of the things that are really super megalithic and really old were there. They inherited those things. If you go to Mexico, where the Teotihuacan complex is located, which is a mirror of the Giza plateau with the three pyramids lining with Orion, those structures were there before the Mayans got there. And even the Mexicans will tell you that the Mayans inherited what was they they built nothing. They even teach that in the university. They built nothing. Matter of fact, the Mayans didn't know who built that stuff, so they named them Teotihuacan. That's where the name came from. But when you go to the ancient text, you find out who built it. Thoth the Atlantean, who ruled over the land of Kem, ancient Egypt, he left because he was battling with his brother, Marduk, in the Bible. But Marduk is also known to the Egyptians as Amun-Ra. This is why people say amen at the end of every prayer. He's the one who said, at the end of every thank, giving thanks, you say my name. He left because of battling with his brother, and he went to Mesoamerica, and he took Olmec. Out of the stuff in Egypt, in the dynastic era, was already there when the dynastic, when the dynastic era started. 
So a lot of the things that are really super megalithic and really old were there. They inherited those things. If you go to Mexico, where the Teotihuacan complex is located, which is a mirror of the Giza plateau with the three pyramids lining with Orion, those structures were there before the Mayans got there. And even the Mexicans will tell you that the Mayans inherited what was they they built nothing. They even teach that in the university. They built nothing. Matter of fact, the Mayans didn't know who built that stuff, so they named them Teotihuacan. That's where the name came from. But when you go to the ancient text, you find out who built it. Thoth the Atlantean, who ruled over the land of Kem, ancient Egypt, he left because he was battling with his brother, Marduk, in the Bible. But Marduk is also known to the Egyptians as Amun-Ra. This is why people say amen at the end of every prayer. He's the one who said, at the end of every thank, giving thanks, you say my name. He left because of battling with his brother, and he went to Mesoamerica, and he took Olmec. Out of the stuff in Egypt, in the dynastic era, was already there when the dynastic era started. So a lot of the things that are really super megalithic and really old were there. They inherited those things. If you go to Mexico, where the Teotihuacan complex is located, which is a mirror of the Giza plateau with the three pyramids lining with Orion, those structures were there before the Mayans got there. And even the Mexicans will tell you that the Mayans inherited what was they they built nothing. They even teach that at the university. They built nothing. Matter of fact, the Mayans didn't know who built that stuff, so they named them Teotihuacan. That's where the name came from. But when you go to the ancient text, you find out who built it. Both the Atlantean who ruled over the land of Kem, ancient Egypt. Hmm. When Jesus disappears out of the modern day Bible at the age of twelve, where does he go? He ends up in Egypt. And so but he was there to learn the Egyptian mysteries. Uh, the ancient mysteries from who from Thoth the Atlantean then from there he left and went to Tibet to learn uh, Qigong and Reiki and that was confirmed by the Dalai Lama and then also he left from there and he went, he went to India to learn the mystic arts teaching reincarnation all the way back the next thing he the Jesus and the uh, God in the Bible says uh, I call my son out of Egypt and then he appears riding in on the back of a donkey as a grown man when Jesus disappears out of the modern-day Bible at the age of 12, where does he go? He ends up in Egypt. And so but he was there to learn the Egyptian mysteries, uh, the ancient mysteries. From who? From Thoth the Atlantean. Then from there he left and went to Tibet to learn uh, Qigong and Reiki. And that was confirmed by the Dalai Lama. And then also he left from there and he went, he went to India to learn the mystic arts. Teaching reincarnation all the way back. The next thing he, the Jesus and the uh, God of the Bible says, uh, I call my son out of Egypt. And then he appears riding in on the back of a donkey as a grown man. When Jesus disappears out of the modern day Bible at the age of 12, where does he go? He ends up in Egypt. And so but he was there to learn the Egyptian mysteries, uh, the ancient mysteries. From who? From Thoth the Atlantean. Then from there he left and went to wow. Tibet to learn uh, Qigong and Reiki. And that was confirmed by the Dalai Lama. So Thoth was around 2,000 years ago. There and he, went, he went to India to learn the mystic arts. Teaching reincarnation all the way back. The next thing he, the Jesus and the uh, God in the Bible says, uh, I call my son out of Egypt. And then he appears riding in on the back of a donkey as a grown man. When Jesus disappears out of the modern-day Bible at the age of 12, where does he go? He ends up in Egypt. And so but he was there to learn the Egyptian mysteries, uh, the ancient mysteries. From who? From Thoth the Atlantean. Then from there he left and went to Tibet to learn 
uh, Qigong and Reiki, and that was confirmed by the Dalai Lama. And then also he left from there and he went, he went to India to learn the mystic arts, teaching reincarnation all the way back. The next thing he, the Jesus and the uh, God in the Bible says, uh, I call my son out of Egypt. And then he appears riding in on the back of a donkey as a grown man. When Jesus disappears out of the modern day Bible at the age of 12, where does he go? He ends up in Egypt. And so but he was there to learn the Egyptian mysteries, uh, the ancient mysteries. From who? From Thoth the Atlantean. And from there he left and went to Tibet to learn uh, Qigong and Reiki. And that was confirmed by the Dalai Lama. And then also he left from there and he went, he went to India to learn the mystic arts. Teaching reincarnation all the way back. The next thing he, the Jesus and the uh, God in the Bible says, uh, I call my son out of Egypt. And then he appears riding in on the back of a donkey as a grown man. When Jesus disappears out of the modern-day Bible at the age of 12, where does he go? He ends up in Egypt. And so but he was there to learn the Egyptian mysteries, uh, the ancient mysteries. From who? From Thoth the Atlantean. Then from there he left and went to Tibet to learn uh, Qigong and Reiki. And that was confirmed by the Dalai Lama. And then also he left from there and he went, he went to India to learn the mystic arts. Teaching reincarnation all the way back. The next thing he, the Jesus and the uh, God of the Bible says, uh, I call my son out of Egypt. And then he appears riding in on the back of a donkey as a girl. So he lands this ship. So when those doors open to the ship and they begin to walk out, the people of Kemet come running at him with weapons. They're getting ready to try to, look, defend their land and their territory. They don't know if they mean have good, if they mean good, or if, or if they mean bad intentions. So... We're going to attack. We'll, we'll attack you first. Ask questions later. Here's, a, here's what's happened. It's very interesting. Both says this. Then I raised my staff and directed a ray of vibration, striking them still in their tracks as fragments of stone of the mountain. So he has a weapon that is non-lethal, but has the capability of reaching them via a frequency. It's a frequency weapon. And this frequency weapon freezes them in their tracks and stops them from coming to attack. We're talking about 36,000 years ago. Ow, ow. This guy's got a frequency beam weapon that can stop a, a gang of people from coming at him. He lands this ship. So when those doors open to the ship and they begin to walk out, the people of Kemet come running at him with weapons. They're getting ready to try to, look, defend their land and their territory. They don't know if they mean have good, if they mean good, or if, or if they mean bad intentions. So we're going to attack. We'll, we'll attack you first, ask questions later. Here's, here's what happens. It's very interesting. Both says this. Then I raised my staff and directed a ray of vibration, striking them still in their tracks as fragments of stone of the mountain. So he has a weapon that is non-lethal, but has the capability of reaching them via a frequency. It's a frequency weapon. And this frequency weapon freezes them in their tracks and stops them from coming to attack. We're talking about 36,000 years ago. This guy's got a frequency beam weapon that can stop a, a gang of people from coming at him. He lands this ship. So when those doors open to the ship and they begin to walk out, the people of Kemet come running at him with weapons. 
They're getting ready to try to, look, defend their land and their territory. They don't know what they mean have good, if they mean good, or if, or if they mean bad intentions. So we're going to attack. We'll, we'll attack you first, ask questions later. Here's, a, here's what happens. It's very interesting. Both says this. Then I raised my staff and directed a ray of vibration, striking them still in their tracks as fragments of stone. A ray of, the of vibration. So he has a weapon that is non-lethal because there's many of these ancient, quote-unquote, gods with lowercase g's in ancient texts. And a lot of them are actually masquerade as gods. In other words, they deceive the people and they actually make the people think that they truly are a god so that they can manipulate the people into doing what they wanted them to do. Versus where Thoth was the complete opposite. That's why I had so much respect for his technique and his angle that he came. He was bringing wisdom, knowledge, languages, building techniques, and he didn't charge any money. He didn't make you grovel at his feet. He didn't make you pray to him. That's why I focused on this guy. And I do mean God because he wasn't a God and he said he wasn't a God. He said, I'm a son of Atlantis. He even calls himself a son of man, which is what? Very reminiscent of the terminology that Yeshua, a.k.a. Jesus, uses in the modern-day New Testament of the Bible, where he calls himself, what? Because there's many of these ancient, quote-unquote, gods with lowercase g's in ancient texts, and a lot of them are actually masquerade as gods. In other words, they deceive the people, and they actually make the people think that they truly are a god so that they can manipulate the people into doing what they wanted them to do. Versus where Thoth was the complete opposite. That's why I had so much respect for his technique and his angle that he came. He was bringing wisdom, knowledge, languages, building techniques, and he didn't charge any money. He didn't make you grovel at his feet. He didn't make you pray to him. That's why I focused on this guy. And I do mean God, because... He wasn't a god, and he said he wasn't a god. He said, I'm a son of Atlantis. He even calls himself a son of man, which is what? Very reminiscent of the terminology that Yeshua, a.k.a. Jesus, uses in the modern-day New Testament. And then Thoth says, Down they descended and created bodies. Down they descended and created bodies, taking the semblance of men as their own. So they made bodies that looked like men, like look like us. They didn't say that they stole bodies and inhabited those bodies or, 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 or you know, possessed a body. Like the, like the people out here tell, walking around saying that, you know, Thoth is possessing bodies. He's stealing. He could snatch your soul. No. They created their own bodies. Like Avatar, like the movie Avatar. They created their own Avatar bodies and then put their minds inside of them. They're walking amongst us looking like men. You wouldn't even know the difference. You wouldn't be able to even tell that who you're talking to is a cloned avatar body with a transferred consciousness inside of it, you wouldn't even be able to tell. You would have no clue. Where do you think Avatar got the idea from? They got it from the halls of Amenti from the Emerald Tablets. And then Thoth says, down they descended and created bodies. Down they descended and created bodies, taking the semblance of men as their own. So they made bodies that looked like men, like look like us. They didn't say that they stole bodies and inhabited those bodies or, 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 or you know, possessed a body. Like the, like the people out here tell, walking around saying that, you know, Thoth is possessing bodies. He's stealing. He could snatch your soul. No. 
they created their own bodies. Like Avatar, like the movie Avatar, they created their own Avatar bodies and then put their minds inside of them. They're walking amongst us looking like men. You wouldn't even know the difference. You wouldn't be able to even tell that who you're talking to is a cloned Avatar body with a transferred consciousness inside of it. You wouldn't even be able to tell. You have no clue. Where do you think Avatar got the idea from? They got it from the halls of Amenti, from the Emerald Tablets. Mm. And then Thoth says, down they descended and created bodies. Down they descended and... Now Thoth, T-H-O-T-H, he's uh, considered an uh, Atlantean priest king. He ruled over the land of Egypt for 16,000 years. According to the ancient Egyptians, he ruled for 16,000 years. And that's actually not a long period of time compared to some of the people who ruled in the Sumerian kings list. Some of those kings ruled for 28,800 years. One person, right? One person. Now, Thoth, T-H-O-T-H, he's uh, considered an uh, Atlantean priest king. He ruled over the land of Egypt for 16,000 years. According to the ancient Egyptians, he ruled for 16,000 years. And that's actually not a long period of time compared to some of the people who ruled in the Sumerian kings list. Some of those kings Then what happened to him? It's only get 100, 60 something coming. back to the story of Moses, it really was Pharaoh Akhenaten. Moses is not the real name. That's the made-up name. Pharaoh Akhenaten, who was ushering in monotheism in Egypt while he was a pharaoh, worshipping Amen-Ra, the great Amen. Amen-Ra was one of these Anunnaki people who said, look, from now on there'll be no other god but me. That made it into the Bible. When you say thanks, you give, you say thanks to me, you say amen. That made it into the Bible. Teach the people only to worship me, not any of my other relatives. I'm the only one and true God. And he began to do that. Then he made an order to go to start defacing all the hieroglyphs and all of these statues around Egypt. That's why the noses and the ears are chipped off. That's why the faces are chipped off everywhere you go. Bodies are chipped away. It wasn't done, the hypothesis on the streets is that it was done because white people back then didn't want black people to know that there were black people in Egypt. That's actually false. The true reality is, this was, what is the Ark of the Covenant? If you look into biblical text, for example, mm -hmm. there was this Ark that Moses stole. He took, he had this box. He claims it was given to him by God, but I think he stole it from the Egyptians. This is why they fled after him. An Ark. Yeah, so it's this box with these cherubims on it, but these cherubims are really, it's really a capacitor. This, it generates a lot of electricity. Inside of this box is something that has so much radiation, that's what it looks like there, that you had to have on specific type of clothing, which is well described even in the Bible, mm -hmm. rubber boots, gloves, this type of suit with this breastplate of metal on it, to, this all to prevent the radiation poisoning. When somebody didn't have it on in the Bible and they touched the ark, they would become very sick, their hair would fall out, their nose would bleed, their eyes would bleed, their fingernails would fall off, radiation sickness. This thing was generating some type of radiation power, some type of a, a generator of, of power of some sort. Um, and it was connected to the Great Pyramid. It was in that 
This is the Ark of the Covenant. If you look into biblical text, for example, mm -hmm. there was this Ark that Moses stole. He took, he had this box. He claims it was given to him by God, but I think he stole it from the Egyptians. This is why they fled after him. An Ark. Yeah, so it's this box with these cherubims on it, but these cherubims are really, it's really a capacitor. This, it generates a lot of electricity. Inside of this box is something that has so much radiation, that's what it looks like there, that you had to have on specific type of clothing, which is well described even in the Bible, mm -hmm. rubber boots, gloves, this type of suit with this breastplate of metal on it, to, this is all to prevent the radiation poisoning. When somebody didn't have it on in the Bible and they touched the ark, they would become very sick, their hair would fall out, their nose would bleed, their eyes would bleed, their fingernails would fall off, radiation sickness. This thing was generating some type of radiation power, some type of a, a generator of, of power of some sort. In the epic of Gilgamesh, Noah, who is actually the Zidra in the uh, real text, but in the Bible he's renamed Noah, he is a totally different skin color from the black family that he's with. His skin is glowing bright, he's got blue eyes, but he's got these African-type features. It's pretty interesting. Then you find out later on that some other beings arrive here, and they don't look anything like African features. They had what we would may consider indigenous Native American uh, features. I don't like to use the word Indians, but, you know, uh, they had uh, more Arabic features. Some had more Asian features, and some had Caucasian features. So we see this mix of different races, and I believe that's because they came from different star systems. That's my personal opinion. Me too. When I look at a lot of the ancient texts, I start to see that beings were coming here, but not just from one place, but they were arriving on this planet from multiple uh, places. The epic of Gilgamesh, Noah, who is actually Zizidra in the uh, real text, but in the Bible he's renamed Noah, he is a totally different skin color from the black family that he's with. His skin is glowing bright, he's got blue eyes, but he's got these African-type features. It's pretty interesting. Then you find out later on that some other beings arrive here, and they don't look anything like African features. They had what we would may consider indigenous, native, are the Anunnaki black or African descent. So if you look into the research of the Sumerian tablets, the Enuma Elish, uh, Epic of Gilgamesh, for example, the Archaisis Epic, the Code of Hammurabi, and uh, you see a couple of different de uh, descriptions of how these people look. You look into the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which is also talking about these same exact people, and then you also go to Egypt and you read the hieroglyphs. You find out something very interesting. They had African features, but some were almost like a uh, Italigo type uh, situation where people have these huge patches. They also had some that were extremely dark. Uh, if you look at the Sphinx's uh, face of the Sphinx, it's one of the oldest structures still left in Egypt. That is the face of Amon Ra's son. And so you're looking at uh, the nephew of Sophie Atlantean. Are the Anunnaki black or African descent? So if you look into the research of the Sumerian tablets, the Enuma Elish, uh, Epic of Gilgamesh, for example, the Archaisis Epic, the Code of Hammurabi, and uh, you see a couple of different de uh, descriptions of how these people look. You look into the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which is also talking about the same exact people, and then you also go to Egypt and you read the hieroglyphs. You find out something very interesting. 
they had African features, but some were almost like a metallic uh, type uh, situation where people have these huge patches. They also had some that were extremely dark. Uh, if you look at the Sphinx's uh, face of the Sphinx, it's one of the oldest structures still left in Egypt. That is the face of Amun-Ra's son. And so you're looking at uh, the nephew of Sophie Atlantean. Are the Anunnaki black or African descent? So if you look into the research of the Sumerian tablets, is Amun-Ra? Is Amun-Ra? Is Amun-Ra and Lil? Is Amun jump around, jump around. Jump up, jump up, and get down. Uh, epic of Gilgamesh, for example, the Anjahasis epic, the Code of Hammurabi. And uh, you see a couple of different uh, descriptions of how these people looked. You looked into the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which is also talking about these same exact people. And then you also go to Egypt and you read the hieroglyphs. You find out something very interesting. They had African features. But some were almost like a metallic uh, type uh, situation where people have, you hear a black person asking questions about were these people black or were they black pharaohs or whatever. Don't chastise them. Don't get angry at them. Mm -hmm. hey, please, guys, don't fight over the race stuff. It, is, it doesn't make any sense. These have been translated since the 1800s. So Cambridge and the British Museum have translations. And then UCLA did an amazing thing. There's over a million tablets that have now been, you know, out there, and they've got hundreds of thousands translated. UCLA cataloged all the tablets digitally online and made an online tablet translator called a UCLA CDLI Cuneiform Digital Library. And you can go there and take a tablet off the shelf and drop it into a translator and read it for yourself. I've been to the British Museum in person as well. I've been to the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford, England as well and looked at these tablets. These beings were so much more advanced than we are now. Mm -hmm. Why would they have emotions like jealousy and anger and all these primal yeah, sort of emotions? I mean, the, these yes. sort of things with, with our species are like the worst thing. Right. They're the reason we go to war and kill yeah. each other and people starve. Yeah, and that's a great question. So when you read the beginning of how they started out, it appeared that there was a galactic war millions of years ago in the Pleiadian star system. Planets were being destroyed. They had weapons called the Brahmanda weapon, which would destroy any man on three worlds. They had these tablets of destiny, which whoever had control can destroy people's planets and moons. Debris. Imagine in this solar system, debris going everywhere, Anyone hitting planets, destroying civilizations. We would flee if we could. People started fleeing these star systems around the Pleiades millions of years ago, creating breakaway civilizations in other parts of the galaxy, different different sector altogether. The Anunnaki people, these Atlantean people, they went and started off in Billy another, another place. The they had risen to Mind a high blowing. level there. They had uh, 
beings were so much more advanced than we are now. Why would they have emotions like jealousy and well, anger and all Billy these Carson primal playlists? You know, sort of emotions. Called, I mean, the, these yeah. sort of things with, with our species are like the worst thing. Right. They're the reason we go to war and kill yeah. each other and people starve. Yeah, and that's a great question. So when you read the beginning of how they started out, it appears that there was a galactic war millions of years ago in the Pleiadian star system. Planets were being destroyed. They had weapons called the Brahmanda weapon, which would destroy any man on three worlds. They had these tablets of destiny, which whoever had control can destroy people's planets and moons. Debris. Imagine in this solar system, debris going everywhere and hitting planets, destroying civilizations. We would flee if we could. People started fleeing these star systems around the Pleiades millions of years ago, creating breakaway civilizations in other parts of the galaxy, different different sector altogether. The Anunnaki people, these Atlantean people, they went and started off in another place. They had risen to a high level there. They had uh, 